This is why we love racing in all its forms. That's king of swing fighting, though. He's a superstar, a champion pacer. Untapped holding on. What a win. Untapped from the RSN Sandown But Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go. A length and a half emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. For the next hour, RSN is cracking the codes. And a very good morning to you all from Cracking the Cracking the Codes team who are again live from Flemington on this absolutely beautiful, perfect Saturday morning looking out over the cityscape and um, a little bit of sun and there's plenty of activity around Flemington as you would imagine uh, leading up to a terrific race day today with the feature being the Australian Guineas, um, the Miracle Mile tonight at Menangle. We had the Horsham Cup heats last night for the Greyhounds. Plenty going on, like always, as I say. Good morning to Dan Malecki and Matt Stewart. Good morning, boys. Hello, guys. Yeah, girl, hello. Guy and girl. Hello, guys. Yes. yes. Are your ears ringing? From the, the air show. <laughs> she, Simone lives <laughs> in, in the, the un- underneath the air show, <laughs> and it's been going on. She showed us some videos of F-111s. It must be like... It's fantastic. Like, like um, when I hear the Channel 7 chopper, I still can't get to sleep. Yeah. So <laughs> flashbacks, Vietnam flashback. Um, it, it's fantastic, I must say. Like, the town's buzzing. It's very busy, but we live in um, such a good area because I literally go over our place, and um, last night, the noise, it's incredible, and the firewall that they have up that just lights up the sky, and they drop bomb type things and the whole house shakes. Bomb type things. I'm glad they're something not Something like that. Rick Miles used to go take you. We did at least once. He took his boat to the SS Chardonnay to um, as close as he could get to Werribee on the boat and sat there and watched the air yeah. show all day for free. So I reckon this place today is air show worthy. I reckon uh, this deserves a flyover because this is Guinea's day. Yep. This is the start of a triumvirate of amazing race days of Flemington. The weather, as you said, Simone, there's not a, there's not a zephyr of a breeze yeah. today. It's just absolutely gorgeous and that'll help out with the, the way the track races today. Liam O'Keefe will give us the, the latest on the, on the track a little bit later on. Neil Wilson, uh, the big boss, is going to join us as well. All the Sydney stuff later on. Michelle Payne, you're going to hang around for Michelle Payne, Simone, because mm. she's going to join us on site, the original queen of the, the second queen of the turf after Gay. And then in codes, all sorts of things, but I'm really excited about tonight, Miracle Mile. Ravo, can he do it? I don't think he yeah. can, but we'll see what happens. And, and that's great, that divisiveness now yeah. that exists. That's what, that's where eyeballs want to be and watch and see if he can do it. Say, see, I told her he can't do it. And I love that. I think it's great. Andrea Leake's going to join us. Uh, she's, she will remember this as much as I will as when I'm my little tiny newborn sat on her lap on Teen Hemorrhage. Am I a good parent for putting a newborn on a Yeah, on sure, a why not? Um, and then Team Heritage, um, after the Ollie thumbs up, came out and won the Grand National. So, race two today, Mum has got a runner, Dad, John, has got a runner, and son Mitch, who's a thrashing machine, boxing champion, has also got a runner. So, so much to talk to Andrea Leake about, former great jumps jockey, now part of this amazing family, three runners at Flemington on Guineas Day, uh, mother of a bloke who puts his life on the line every time he goes in the ring, so it'd be fascinating to talk to Andrea Leake and... Uh, I got the audio from that Team Heritage win as well, and I'm going to throw in a little, another great audio of a famous female rider winning a famous jumps race just to spice things up as well. And we've sort of done that in a way with the Miracle Mile as well, which is the big race tonight, it's of course. It's day today, isn't it? It is. Kate Gaff. Yep. Uh, we've got Abby Sanderson, 17-year-old, who's driving in the Group 1 New South Wales Derby. She's 17. Her brother's 19. Ryan has a drive in the same race at Group 1, and the dad trains both horses. So Abby's going to join us uh, in a a short while as well. And, of course, the big meeting in Sydney as well. The two guineas Guineas. on the same day. Um, Always debatable about whether we should be running them on the same day. But our guineas is a really terrific race. The blame is great. Really great race day. And 
I'm curious to see how many people rock up today. They had a terrific crowd at Sandown last Saturday, about 6,800 people. I think the VRC expectation today is a little bit more than that, but not too much more, and then building and building for the next uh, next three weeks. So this is the place to be today. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous. They're also racing up at Alex today yes. at the picnic. So if you're a picnicker, go there. If you're a professional, go here. Wanger at a cup too in the gallop yes. uh, as well. Yep. Pony Trot Metro Championship final tonight at Melton Dan and um, the HIV have done a great job promoting this and they've got this novelty event tonight as well. It's the senior drivers driving the ponies. So we've got Jodie Quinlan jumping in the sulky with Bobby, or light the fuse, after the So Bobby's your pony. Bobby's yeah. our pony. So Darcy's so been ditched by Jodie Quinlan. After she's already raced, but she's not a nice thing to do on Darcy's birthday. Uh, oh well, she. Um, I told her. I said, "You give Jodie instructions to drive <laughs> Bobby like she drove Sokiola in the 2004 Miracle Mile, and he might just win it for her." But with the Metro Championships, it's a great series, and Cohen Tyndale is leading by a country mile. He can't get beaten unless. He gets disqualified in the race, and Darcy wins. It's the only way she can win for him getting disqualified, even if can he runs. <laughs> can we organise? I can sense it's only a pony. She's not been, she's Tonya Harding situation here. I think it, I think a Tonya Harding might be the go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, Cohen's I think Darcy's pony. more than capable of a Tonya Harding. <laughs> yeah. okay, it takes takes after a mum. Exactly. Oh, I don't know Her about baseball that, wield, <laughs> bat wielding mother. Oh my goodness! Don't tell people things that aren't true. But Dan, you would know that Cohen's been driving. Yeah. Buddy's been going sensationally. Oh, this so pony would probably win the first race at Melton tonight. It's going <laughs> probably that probably would. So, um, yeah, great night at night uh, tonight at Melton too. But like I mentioned, well, you had a great night last night. Ed Sheeran, Dan, yep. you're out. Um, yeah, hundred and over 110,000 people. So the atmosphere was amazing. But I've got to say, i got to say, the real Class A team is with me today. Oh, thanks, Dan. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Do we be out your money or something? I know Probably. Oh, your models of wine <laughs> from a previous side bet. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm really... Um, t- just before we talk to Abby Sanderson, who's uh, got this amazing arch rivalry with her sibling, Ryan, and she's, read, she's online for She's ready to go. But uh, just, just t- quickly tell us about tonight with Captain Ravishing. Everyone listening in the Gallops world are going, why does he keep raving about this horse and what is the challenge, crystallised the challenge for Ravo tonight in the Miracle Mile? Well, he was... Uh, actually, he's been very heavily back, but uh, I think some of the best performances I've seen in modern day have come from Captain Ravishing. One of them was in a Group 1, his first Group 1 win, back in the Breeders' Crown. So the expectation is he's the next best thing. Any industry or sport craves for that. We sense that he could be it, but he got beaten last start and did plenty wrong. So his reputation's on the line. Is he a serious superstar? Is he something beyond that? Is he a bit player? Is he a money muncher? All these little questions, in part, can be answered tonight. What time? He takes on the older horses uh, tonight in the, uh, in the Miracle Mile. So it's race number seven on tonight's program. Um, so we need to build a bank. Once you get your quaddy up today, Matt, because I sense that you are due, 928 right, is 9:28 the, uh, the miracle. Bravo's miracle great challenge. Um, just before we get to Abby, the Greyhounds, the Horsham Cup's on at the moment. You're, you're good, mate. You love his name, Justin. Brilliant yes. runs the Horsham. And we <laughs> I might prefer even... to call him Brilliant Justin. But... Yeah. I'm sure he'd take it um, whatever way you want to say it. But we... Must just get a little bit of greyhounds in, in this show. And 2008, there was a greyhound called Kendall Bale that um, took out the Horsham Cup. But the greyhounds that were in the race were pretty handy as well. Let's take a listen. Racing. 
And El Gallo's missed the start. Birthday boy won the break with True Millions. Kendale Bale now. El Gallo going up. Paddy's flame wide out. Liam's way near the rail. El Masri Bale and North Sea, the tail ender. Kendale Bale found himself in front and raced away in the cup. Put a big break on Liam's way. Birthday boy, El Gallo. Paddy's flame not in the race, but Kendale Bale, the unbeaten Keldale Bale in front. Down the outside, birthday boy, but it's Kendale Bale in front. He'll win the Horsham Cup. Kendale Bale has beaten second birthday boy and third True Millions, the outer. They're followed by El Gallo, Liam's Way, Paddy's Flame, North Sea, El Masri Bale, the runners 27-12. That was a, a terrific final back in 2008 and looking forward to the Horsham Cup next Friday night. Um, another terrific final assembled as well, including uh, Baby JC, who was in the Australian Cup last week. And Baby also, JC. Baby JC, and also Wowshie's Fast's brother, and I love this name, He's no slouch, <laughs> so he's in lining up in the Horsham Cup final next Friday night. And Dan, we've got a very special guest on the line this morning. Um, looking forward to her big drive tonight. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I reckon, I wonder how much sleep she got last night, Abby Sanderson. We're about to find out. 17-year-old young lady who drives in the Group 1 New South Wales Paces Derby tonight against her brother, 19-year-old Ryan Sanderson. And uh, Dad Shane trains both horses. How are you, Abby? I'm good, thank you, Dan. How are you? I'm well. How much sleep did you get last night? Uh, well, after I got off the plane, we uh, we went to the Catholic Club and caught up with the owners. So I got home not too, not too late, but I got a little bit. <laughs> Abby, how many times have you run this race in your head, what may happen tonight? Have you, um, is it on your mind just constantly? Yeah, it is. Um, it has been on my mind most of the week, like just the different scenarios that could play out and, you know, all the horses. So, yeah, I've been thinking about it, but trying not to over overthinking it uh, to worry. How adaptable do you need to be in the race? Because obviously every plan that you've run through your head might not happen. Um, so how much on the night does it just sort of play out what happens in the heat of the moment? Yeah, like you can go out there with a plan, like you can go out there with what you want to do, but in the blink of an eye, that can all be thrown out uh, the window in a race. So you, you've got to think quickly about what you're going to do and you've just got to make a decision. So it's just going to come up to what happens out there when the mobile lets us go. Have you got a horse that you're driving tonight or the horse that um, you are driving that is going to be okay in that sort of situation? I think so. He's had a bit of racing now and he's matured a bit and I think he'll be quite adaptive. His racing styles, he's shown he's shown leading, he's shown um, coming from behind and he's shown doing it a bit tough. So I think he should be okay in any situation he gets into. It's just how the race stands out. Yeah. Abby, um, you're much travelled. I jested with you yesterday that you might locate the Tassie by next year because over the last few years you've gone from Queensland to New South Wales and now you've been in uh, at Charlton for, uh, well, probably close enough to two years. But um, And here you are in a Group 1 race in Sydney tonight. So uh, you are much travelled. You finished your Year 12 last year, but I reckon one of your strong points would be geography. You would have seen plenty of it in Australia. <laughs> That's right. Although I didn't do geography as a subject in year twelve, I do know plenty about it. Um, yeah, we've we've moved from Sydney, uh, from Queensland to Sydney to Charlton, and all for all um, for the horses and Dad doing it all to benefit us. So 
yeah, knows what he's doing then if we're back in Sydney in this big race. <laughs> well, Dad would be very proud. Look, you wouldn't have to be driving in a Group 1 race for Dad to be proud, but it's a magic moment for the family, and it's something that, realistically, you're on a, a horse that's $10, and your brother Ryan, who is just a, a star, he's on a $7 shot in a Group 1. So here are two horses with serious chances. You know Ryan's voice, and he knows your voice. So if there's one horse that you don't want to be bumping into is each of the other. You know that, don't you? You do know his voice, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. No, it's, it's like just great to have us both, both going around in such a big race. It's super, and especially being on family horses and mum being here as well to support mum. Mum does a lot at the stable. She's such a big help. Um, like, she does more than, than what people see. And um, it's great to have everyone here and Dad and it's a super. He does a great job. And Ryan, I really look up to him as a driver. So it's great to be driving against him and the best and some of the best in the um, around the state. Now, when do you turn 18, Abby? Uh, June this year. Uh- it's remarkable to be driving in a, in a Group 1 race at this uh, tender age, but these things happen. Your dad's got two star horses. Has he made any reference to another two star horses called Shaker Maker and Safe and Sound and the ride that uh, John Justice had with those two stars? Because I had a chat with dad the other day, and I'm the one that brought it up, that it reminds me you could have two stars of the future. And he said he'd thought about that. And the fact that Ryan goes out with uh, with John Justice's daughter, Eva, there's a few little connections there, Abby. <laughs> yeah, it's a coincidence. Um, maybe it's a bit of good luck. Um, but, yeah, yeah uh, we have heard quite a bit about from John and Dad and all that about Shaker Maker and... Oh, and those two. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can be they can be like that. <laughs> Abby, was uh, driving something that you wanted to do? Is it wanted to do all your life, or is it something that's just you know as you've got a little bit older you've become involved in? Oh, I've, I've loved it all my life. I grew up with the horses in Queensland. I'd always want to go for a drive on on Dad's lap and stuff on the big horses, and I um I've always followed it. I've you know, probably thought about training, but then when I did turn 16 and I could get my trial licence, I thought I'd see how it, how it goes, and I, yeah, I just fallen in love with it. So. And what about uh, the women in harness racing? Uh, well, pretty much they're, they're leaders. They're on equal platform, as you well know, but um, do you tap into anyone for, for help and advice in, in the, the driver's room? Because... In the female driver's room, I mean, the talent that is in there is quite extraordinary. So I hope you're using those options, Abby. Oh, definitely. The Karen Manning and Zoji Quinlan and um, Kate Gass. But main, I really look up to uh, Ellen Tormey. Uh, she helps me a lot out in the room. And, yeah, she's, she's a great mentor to me and, uh, like, great friend. So, um yeah, she, she's, I idolised her and all them other three top females in Victoria. And there's many more. There's, I think females are just as good as the males in this sport. But, yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any argument there. You completed your year 12. Um, I think you can start a bit earlier when you, you were at high school or school in Queensland, can't you? But you're looking at doing a uni course, but just deferring that at the moment while you drive in Group 1 races. Yeah, that's 
That's correct. I um, Yeah, in Sydney, because of my birthday and how it is in June, I could start a year earlier. Oh, in Queensland, sorry. And um, yes, I did. And then that meant when I moved here, I was a year ahead as well. And I did get into a um, bachelor of business course at uni, but I wanted to see how harness racing would go for a year and I might get into that next year. Abby, um, it's a huge night for you tonight. We wish you well. There'll be plenty of eyes on you. Enjoy the moment. Thanks for joining us. And hopefully it's the start of a, a great career for you. Thank you very much. Abby Sanderson there at 17 years of age, driving in the Group 1 New South Wales Derby tonight, which is race five, on a program that has the Miracle Mile, which is race number seven. We're going to have a chat with Kate Gath shortly too, who's driving Catch a Wave, who's mm. the second favourite at the moment, and beat Ravo last start. Well, what were you doing at 17? Like, you were calling races up yep. the bush, so you were, you were like an early, no, uh, early star. Actually, I was calling in town at 17. Well, there you yeah. go. So you were a bit of a Tracy Austin. You peaked early. <laughs> we're just holding you together now. Uh, Simone, yeah. like, it's, I still marvel. Like, I've got a 19-year-old yeah. and a 16-year-old to think that a 17-year-old can be driving on a Group 1 night at a massive racetrack. Like, that's... Oh, that's huge. Was Kate yeah. Gath doing that at that age? Uh, well, we'll find out in just a moment. Uh, I w- want to say yes, I think she was. Um, but uh, Michelle Payne was. Yeah, she Michelle Payne. I'm sure Kate was. We've got a lot of early peakers joining us. Uh, Most today. horsey yeah. people start young. In yeah. fact, it's not the norm for someone that starts, say, post-20. It does happen in their great stories, and you want to encourage that. And particularly in Harness, there's been a few. Uh, but we'll have a chat to uh, Kate uh, shortly. This is one of our favourites. The word Captain Ravishing. There's been a couple of times people have mentioned this other name. You'll know this name. This is a famous Miracle Mile. We go into the break, 1983. Poppy. Here's Popular Arm moving up to Gamalite. Now as they go to the 400, he levels up a length away to Bill Student. And then Double Agent and Cop away. Out of the back and Gamalite still a narrow leader. Popular Arm on the outside. The pressure's on him now. A length away to Bill Student and Double Agent on the corner. It's Gamalite still ahead in front. Popular Arm is trying hard. It's two lengths away then to Bill Student. Gamalite and Popular Arm, the two Victorians knuckling out a great finish. Gamalite and Popular Arm. Popular Arm moving up to Gamalite. He takes the lead. He's a mighty pacer. Popular Arm got up to win from Gamalite. Third Bill Student from Double Agent. Copperway and Jack Adios last of all. We're broadcasting live from Flemington thanks to Victoria Racing Club. The Flemington Racing Spectacular begins today at Flemington for Australian Guineas Day. Come and join us for three spectacular Group 1 race days in March. Find out more at vrc.com.au This is RSN Cracking the Codes. Coming to the turn, and Kelly Kersley sitting quietly on the West Australian mare, Norm's daughter. Bill Vicolo can't get out, desperate coming on the outside, and three wide beefy T around the turn. Norm's daughter the leader, Bill Vicolo's trying to get clear. Then on the outside, beefy T, it's Norm's daughter the leader. She drifts off the inside, the Kiwi gets the run, Bill Vicolo. He's coming quickly, but Norm's daughter's hanging on, and the West Australian mare wins the Miracle Mile. Norm's daughter from Bill Vicolo, third is beefy T, fourth master musician, 1996, Kelly Kersley, the first female to drive a winner of the Miracle Mile. Since then, uh, Jodie Quinlan and uh, Natalie Resmussen have uh, won uh, the biggest sprint race in harness racing. And our next guest is striving to become number four, and that's Kate Gath, who drives Catch a Wave. How are you, Kate? Good morning. I'm well. Uh, you've just had a 
5k run this morning, didn't you? How did you work that out? Stay in the same suburb or town that happens to have a, a fun run or a, or a 5k just as... You know, it's like uh, the rest of us walking to the letterbox. It's like uh, yawning for the rest of us. It? She goes on runs. How'd you go? Yeah, well, they're on every... Um, the Discord Park runs are on every Saturday, basically everywhere. And I just thought today was a good day to do it because at home on a Saturday morning at, at 8 o'clock, I'm pretty busy and I wasn't here. So I was like, well, I'll do that 5K today and see how we go. So, um, yeah, it was good. Hey, Kate, you knocked off Ravo the other day and that was disappointing. You pricked the balloon last week. Are you going to prick the balloon again tonight? <laughs> yeah, look, um, wouldn't that be great? Uh, it might not be quite as easy tonight, but although last two weeks ago it wasn't easy either and we managed to do it. So um, that, that's, um, you know, that's what we're striving for, but it won't be an easy task. How did you pull it off last week? What did Captain Rabishing do wrong and what did Catch a Wave do that was so right? Well, Catch a Wave went um, out of this world pretty much to do what he did, basically sitting parked for most of the way and... and sitting outside, Captain Ravishing and beating him. His performance was, uh, you know, really good. And I think Captain Ravishing maybe burning off the gate probably just took its toll on him a little bit. And maybe he hadn't raced at that track for quite a while. I know when we took Catch a Wave up the week prior, he, he was a little bit out of his comfort zone in, in racing on that track. They just race so differently here to um, what we do at home. We always get a bit of a breather at home. And here they just basically run flat out the whole way. So I think know, a culmination of those two or three things uh, may have been the difference. Kate, it looks like Catch a Wave's been travelling beautifully and setting, settling down very well. Um, at, I think it's Tarkata where <laughs> Andy's been putting some posts up on social media about um, his trip up there. Are you happy with the way the horse has travelled this time? Yeah, he's such a little pro. I wouldn't have picked that he would be as good as he is. He just loves it here and he settles in, nothing phases him. He doesn't stop eating. He doesn't stop drinking. He just takes care of himself. Like me. <laughs> loves life. And he, he was so good the last time we brought him up a couple of weeks ago and he's been the same again. So he, he just isn't phased by anything. His head doesn't come up for air from grass or whatever he's eating and he's always eager for his breakfast and dinner and he just basically takes care of himself. So it's been an easy job for us, one less worry. Kate, we had Abby Sanderson, Sanderson on um, earlier and, um, of course, it's her first group or her first drive in a big race tonight in the Derby and um, she said, you know, she's been thinking about this race all week and how it might play out. Um, you've been doing this for a long time and in the top races. Do you overthink it all week or do you go in and you have a plan and um, with your experience and the horses that you're driving, you know, you not wing it, but do you sort of, it plays out on the night or do you have a plan going in that you stick to? I definitely don't think about it a week. Like I'm, I'm sort of a bit of a, you know, day before or day of, have a have a really good look. Definitely go in there with uh, plan A, B, possibly C. But I feel like this race is different because I just don't know what's going to happen or where I'm going to be. Generally, you're never certain of where you're going to be in races, but I feel like at home things are a bit more um, black and white as to, potentially what could happen under, you know, two or maybe three scenarios. But this race, it's just tricky. You don't know who's going to come out. You think you know. You don't know how much speed they've got. You don't you don't know what horses will do. So I feel like it's a lot more unknown in this. So you can go in there, you know, plan with plans and a bit prepared, but I feel like it's the sort of race you probably can't be too prepared for because there's a good chance when you get out there things might change. 
Uh, Kate, uh, your wedding anniversary on Thursday. I'm, I'm hoping your husband did something romantic and not run through the A, B, C, D and E possibilities of tactics in the Miracle Mile. No, he definitely didn't do that, Dan. He, he picked me out from the airport and we actually did go out for dinner. So we did go to a restaurant for dinner. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, quite nice. But I can't believe I made it this far in 2023. Like, I'm going pretty good, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I think you're going well. So you're trying to say that you're the strong one in the relationship, making sure it stays strong. <laughs> no, well, he's been telling me for five years he's getting rid of me because I'm getting too old. So, I mean, he obviously doesn't own a mirror, Dan. But, yeah, so he hasn't gotten rid of me yet. But, um, you know, we just we do work together every day. So we're around each other 24-7. So we don't have a lot to talk about when we're out for dinner because we've already spoken to each other all day. But it's working. It's working well so far. No wonder you're a long-distance runner. <laughs> Maybe that's what I've got to start doing. Exactly. I know the feeling, Kate, I need you run to out of conversation. A little bit somehow. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a huge night for you tonight. Um, it's a great race. I just get the feeling there are going to be more eyeballs on tonight's race, and the four-year-olds make it. And I think that's one aspect of catch a wave should have been in the Hunter Cup for my mind extra people would have watched it he would have been a six or seven dollar shot I know that that ship has sailed but even tonight with him the rivalry is building with Captain Ravishing I think the four-year-olds really make this race tonight and we've got the Hunter Cup winner in there um really looking forward to it I'm sure you are too what's been have you had uh, Miracle Mile drives before what how have you gone no, I haven't. This is my first one. And to be honest, it's kind of flown by my radar a little bit in the past. It hasn't been a race that I've thought about a lot, and that's probably because it's so hard to get into. So with eight runners, it's really tricky to you know, have the right horse to get into this race. And it obviously wasn't on our radar early because we probably you know, didn't expect to win the chariots to get into it. But once given that opportunity and with how well the horse is, it was something we were definitely willing to take up. So it's certainly it's a great job just to get into the field. So... Um, we just hope that Catch a Wave and he seems well will, you know, do us proud in, in the run and, um, you know, it'd be great to be able to get the win. But either way, if he can just run well and, and show, you know, show how good he is and that, that's all we're aiming for. Well, he's a top-class horse and as much as the talk was about Captain Ravishing being beaten, uh, I think they've had the same amount of losses. Catch a Wave is an amazing horse. Uh, and uh, he's there because he is top class and might turn in. He might be the one that is the superstar in the future, Kate. Good luck. Um, hopefully you'll have something to chat and have in common with Jodie Quinlan as of tonight. Thanks, Dan. Speaking of Kate's, Katie Mallion uh, is going to slide in. Uh, as, well, she's going to get a latte first. She's part of the Channel 7 coverage today, and, of course, her partner, James McDonald, is riding every superstar imaginable in Sydney today. So when Lady Katie gets her uh, cafe latte, she will join us for a 30-second uh, chat, just uh, either before we have a chat to uh, Andrea Leake or, or even she might cut in at some point to give us a bit of live action. Andrew Bensley's just wandered into the building looking fresh and well, rosy-cheeked. What do we make of the race? What are you, Dan? Are you, what are you most excited about? I've got I am, a roughie for you in the, in the Guineas, by the way. Yeah, oh, well, the Guineas is that sort of race. Remember Luna Fox? It wasn't that long, long ago. And actually, remember that day you said, I've got a feeling there could be a, a bolter that gets up Same here. Same feeling today. It's a really? slightly queasy, sickly feeling. Mm. Yeah. That's, uh, a lot of good horses, but it is, it's a tough race. Maximilius is my roughie. Okay, we He's should be up on speed. speed. map box seat, uh, $34 chance. I've actually taken him one out in a quaddie. 
at thirty-four dollars. So you know, you they'll be building say the that publicly. They if, just no, I don't. You know, because I'm not renowned as a guru. I'm renowned as a pinch hitter. Oh yeah. So if I can pinch hit this one, that'd be great. At thirty-three to one. Hey, no. I'm really looking forward to having a chat to Andrea Leek, who is a bit of a superstar. Like the, the Leek family uh, drifted in and out of uh, the sport for a while. John Leek. John Leake was a, uh, he went off and did a, some plumbing for a while when he dropped out of Lex racing. Ex-plumbing. Ex-plumbing. You've got a lot to, you've had a lot to do with the yeah. family. In fact, here's one. He got you riding track work and I'm looking at you now yep. thinking, explain nah, how this is feasible. Yeah, well, not only he got me riding track, and I say this, I rode a couple of horses on his private training track and... We're a bit, a bit younger, a bit fearless. You're happy to do that sort of stuff. Um, and I didn't have a problem. I'm not a horsey person, but I'm an animal person, so I had no problem. But but there was a time I actually rode over the... like a, I, I schooled a horse over some logs. I want Andrea to vouch for this. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. How are you? Have you ever seen Dan Malecki ride track work, let alone school a horse over an obstacle? Well, let me tell you, I've seen plenty of photos. I don't know... If they were actually jumped, but Doctored. they were definitely standing in front of them on the horses. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Andrea. Oh, well, that's that's half a witness statement anyway. So you guys are on the way to the track. It's sort of a it's a unique situation, really. Mum, Dad and Son have all got horses on the truck and they're all running in the same race, race two at Flemington on a feature race day. This is a, a rare event, Andrea. It is. It's, uh, it's actually very exciting. It wasn't planned and it just, we all headed that direction um and my daughter Zoe's coming to strap one of them as well so yeah it's a, it's a real family affair logistically of um John's got midnight blue and this is in the second race well in the market at at uh, at, at about six dollars lofty star is Mitchell's horse we'll talk about him and what's it like being a mum to a world champion boxer that must be a bit unique <laughs> Uh, and uh, you've got Air to the Throne in as well. So logistically, are they all on the same truck? How do you, how do you manage this, this exercise today? Yes, we've got, uh, we've got the A-Force float on, and they're all in there, and, um, yeah, we opted to bring that and serve a three-horse because they're quite big horses. Midnight Blue's a, a monster of a horse, so we, um, and Lofty Star's a big horse too, so we bought the big float so they've got plenty of room and plenty of air. Andrea, how do you go about training in the three of you? Do you do it all together or are you very specific with the horses that your names are attached to there and, um, you know, you do your own thing or is it just a, a whole family involvement where you've got different names against the train of the horses but um, they're all in it together and you are? Um, we actually do it all separately. Uh, we, we all just go off on our own little ways and do what we do. Um, but if it came to a gallop, uh, Mitchell and Lofty Star and Air to the Throne did do a gallop together the other week uh, just because it turned out that they both needed it at the same time. So that's handy. Um, so, look, I, I help John. I, I ride a fair bit of work on his courses. Um, but, yeah, basically we all do our own thing with... He gives me the instructions on what he needs for his horses and I go and do mine on my own and, and Mitchell does his on his own. Well, that obviously is the, the winning formula for the family, but I was looking at some video of your, I think it's your property, and there is a massive, massive hill that you've schooled horses up, galloping up. Um, it looks like it's quite a hard run. Is that part of your, um, your you know, your... Routine. Routine and just um, your, what you're trying to get the edge on your competitors by getting these horses up some hills? 
absolutely. Uh, we do we do a lot of hill work. Um, it's, it's an advantage to us, and it's something that a lot of trainers don't have. So we're lucky. We've got we've got the hills, we've got the farm life, um, and we've got seven minutes down the road. We've got the Pakenham Racetrack, which is just a brilliant facility. So um, and you know we're 50 minutes from the beach if need be. So we're we're pretty blessed with with what we've got to utilise to train our horses. It's actually interesting, the hill work, because often off the trackers, and I've had a couple of them, they actually don't know how to use their back legs that well going up sliding climbs. It's like they don't exist because they're so used to going so fast on the flat. So um, it's really, really good to hear that, and I, I love the vision of it. Um, like I said, it looked like a really hard run, so that you really had to use those hindquarters. Yeah, it's, it's terrific, and it's amazing. You can get a horse from another trainer that has only been at the track, and... Um, they're fit and racing and you, you even just trot them or canter them up our hill and they go, they, they can't make it, you know, they think, oh gosh. Um, and you think, well, this is a fit horse. So uh, I know it's a different exercise, but all exercise is terrific. And if you can co- combine it all, um, you, you get results generally. Andrea, we have scoured the earth and we've found, for some reason, some things in the archives are very hard to find, but Craig Davis, who's a magician, has found the Team Heritage 2004 Grand National Hurdle victory and it's a special one for you. It's In a funny way, it's a special one for me and you and I both know why. Uh, and then I want to play you something that happened globally that must be a, would have been a massive wow for you as a former jumps jockey. Uh, and then I want to talk about Mitch as well. So let's, have a, let's turn back the clock to 2004 at the very place where Dan Simone and I are sitting now and this was the Grand National winner ridden by Andrea Leake. And last coming up Team Heritage jumped it well, screwed on landing, landed three lengths in front of Onchar, four lengths compendium then Karazi, Team Heritage comes to the last in the National, crashed through it landed three in front, Onchar trying to peg him back, is coming after him now but little Team Heritage is rallying he's coming back, he's three in front Andrea Leake is going to create history at Flemington today because Team Heritage is all the way in the National, wins four and a half lengths to Onchar, five away third Karazi, then Miratex what an amazing win that was for husband and wife at the time. Uh, and it's very special to me because I had a little newborn baby who sat on <laughs> Andrea Leake's lap in the, the days before the race. Andrea, does that seem like a, a distant memory, uh, Team Heritage? Look, it does. It was, uh, it was a fairy tale, really. Um, it's, yeah, it was just a brilliant time in our lives. And we are blessed to have some good horses at that time. And I took a newborn up there and sat her on Andrea's lap. You did a great job of not dropping the newborn. I felt like dropping him a few times since, but uh, that's a very special photo on the fridge at home for us, Andrea. Oh, gosh. And I think you told me that he's six foot something now, so <laughs> he wouldn't be sitting yeah, on the horse 20 anymore. 20 kilos. <laughs> oh, you trying to? Say, you didn't do track. You didn't do track work that day. Like, no, that was. No, I didn't. You, you'd just done your shift at track work. They didn't another, no, need another media person doing track work. So that was a very special moment for me as well. And I often remind Ollie of it. Uh, Andrea, you've got a son. I, I always wonder about um, parents with kids who do dangerous things. And you were a jump jockey, so it doesn't get any more dangerous. Your son Mitch, who's in the truck with you now, is a near world champion fighter. Tell us about tell us about Mitch and tell us about uh, what it's like being the mother of someone who goes into the ring every now and then and gets his head beaten in. 
Well, touch wood, he hasn't well, had actually, it. He, 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 he's the head beater in he's, he's not the receiver. <laughs> <laughs> he's six and oh. But What's it like, though, Andrea, having having a son who does that for a job? Oh, look, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Um, but, you know, he played footy for a long time and he was very good at that and he, he wanted to get fit and started his boxing and he found out he was even better at that. Um, and there's a lot of injuries that can happen on the footy field and uh, although boxing looks like a brutal sport and can be a brutal sport if you're good at it um, and a technician uh, you can go a long way in it and there's a lot of money in it and at this stage he's he's very very classy and he's going to the races now he's actually following us in his car because then he's going and sparring um, straight after he's got a sparring session at two o'clock so there's no no uh rest of the wicked and um yeah he's sparring a, a actual world champion michael zarafa so um and he's then fighting on the 29th of april which will be fantastic just just down the road at flemington at the pavilion so um yeah it's pretty exciting it's very nerve-wracking on the night and obviously as he's getting getting on and getting further into his fight they're stepping up and they're getting classier he's Hopefully, at the end of the year, he'll be going for an Australian title. So um, that will be nerve-wracking because you've got to be pretty clever and special and strong to be at the top of the game in this in the boxing world. Well, he's uh, he really is an amazing athlete, and he's going to be out here walking around the Mountie Garden race two today. And Mum and Dad and Zoe will be here as well. Hey, Andrew, I just want to play a replay of something that none of us ever thought would happen. Uh, it only happened in fiction, and Elizabeth Taylor uh, was the only female to ever ride the winner of uh, the Aintree Grand National, uh, and that was only in a movie. But this is what happened with Rachel Blackmore a couple of years ago. And we'll have a listen. I just want to uh, get your thoughts on whether you ever imagined something like this could happen. Here's the final fence in the Randox Grand National. And over in front and over two, three lengths clear Manella times. From Balco de Flo, any second now continues to stay on. Burrow Saint wandering out into the centre of the track. They head towards the elbow with over a furlong to cover in the National. But it's Rachel Blackmore and Manella times who are out four lengths clear of Balco de Flo. And any second now, Burrow Saint back in fourth is running on empty. 150 yards to go in the National. Manella Times for J.P. McManus, Henry de Bromhead, and more significantly, Rachel Blackmore. History in the National. Manella Times wins from Balco de Flo. Any second now is third. Borough St. Four. That's uh, a, a memory that's inspiring, I think, for, for any, uh, any person, but in particular uh, for, for a woman, Andrew. While you were doing over, over here, Rachel, uh, well, she was probably inspired by you, to be truthful. <laughs> I doubt it, but oh, what a what an amazing story! It's just it's brilliant for racing. I think um, it's like having star superstars like Michelle Payne and um, now Jamie Carr. It, it's just great for racing, and that was just a dream what she's achieved. And uh, let's hope that there'll be others following in her footsteps. They're they're probably more lucky, privileged over there as jumps racing is more prominent and. Um, there's, there's more females doing it. So I hope it won't be the last time it's done.
Speaking of English jumps racing, I played a prank on your husband once, and let's face it, the pranks wise, I think it was 137 J League, 3 D Maliki. But one of them, I rang him up, trying my best to put on an English accent to say that uh, I own the great jumper Desert Orchid and whether he'd be interested in training it. And you know what, Andrea? I had him. I had him. Oh. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just cruel. That's just cruel, though, Dan. You know, that's just cruel. Yeah. Hey, uh, Andrea, who's who's going to get the money today? Oh, John's the one in the mark, the betting market. Is have, have there any of the fringe dwellers trained by you and Mitch got a, a little hope of a first four finish in the second race today? Look, I think um, Midnight Blue. He's just an amazing horse, and he's just thriving with us, and he's getting better and better. Uh, so I don't think we'll be. We'll be beating him, but look, if, if heir to the throne could get back to his 2021 form, where he was not far behind Smoking Romans, uh, he, he won't be far away. But geez, they're, they're pretty classy, the top of the, top of the field, as you'd expect for an open handicap on a Saturday. Um, but we'll be trying our best, and let's hope Mitch's horse can has improved with the work he's done with him, um, and and living on the farm life too. So. Fingers crossed for all of us, but uh, I think if you're a punter, you'd be backing Midnight Blue. Yeah, yeah. No, I think John's thinking that uh, he's got the uh, the upper hand just at the moment, but that can change, can't it, Andrea? Thanks, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, just remind John to be careful driving up Racecourse Road just in case there are any protesters that want to throw themselves <laughs> under the car, which happened one time when he was on the phone with me and ended up the lead story in the news. I thought he was putting That's a bit correct. of... Uh, yeah, mayonnaise on it, but he wasn't. <laughs> uh, all, all the best today. Uh, say hello to everyone. And just remind Zoe, she was named after a very good sprinting horse too. Yes, clever Zoe. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Andrea. You, Enjoy the day. Bye-bye. Uh, great chat there, uh, Matt, Andrea, Leek, and the whole family. And it's, it's a great day for them. Uh, and, of course, that'll go in with the potential for some of those sources to be jumping later on as well as part of their, their team and, also. And, Simone, Mitchell Leek is not just some pub brawler from Carrum Downs or something like that who can sort of uh, tie one on. He's heading towards being absolutely world-class and he's unbeaten 6-0. and uh, The pavilion is just down the road and people can... A lot of racing people are starting to get onto the bandwagon. He comes out to this raving rock music and all this sort of stuff. It's actually really well produced, and he is a very dangerous young man. But he's a very nice young man yeah. as well, and you'll see Good him out family. here uh, just before the second race. Um, 1990 Australian Guineas. Uh, I remember this well. Uh, turned out to be a horse that was probably more famous for his deeds off the track. Zabil. And the leader is Ark Regal coming up to the turn, about a nick in front of Stylish Century. Anchor and Hope behind them, and they're followed by Double Gin Economy. Zabil just behind Economy when they sweep into the straight. Then Stargazer and Academian Cool Credit still well back, so is the Oval and Reganza. But Ark Regal at the 400 led by two lengths. Stylish Century under pressure trying to pick it back. Clark calls on Zabil, he's closing rapidly down the outside. Then came Academian, but Zabil hit the front from Ark Regal inside the 200, running on his Academian, but Zabil has broken clear at the 100 metre mark. He's two legs in front, he's got the guineas, one Zabil, and Zabil will go on and win by two and a half legs. Ark Regal held on to second, Academian ahead away third, Starley Century fourth. Long break then to Stargazer, Cool Credit didn't run on. From Double Gin, the Oval always well back with Economy, Anchor and Hope. 
and Reganza would be last to finish. We're broadcasting live from Flemington thanks to Victoria Racing Club. The Flemington Racing Spectacular begins today at Flemington for Australian Guineas Day. Come and join us for three spectacular Group 1 race days in March. Find out more at vrc.com.au. Loving their racing, pacing and chasing. Matt Stewart, Dan Maliki and Simone Fisher. Cracking the codes. Alligator Blood kicks up on the inside at the 850. It's been solid here with Commodus. A length and a quarter Alabama Express, the outside of Soul Patch. Catalyst now about to peel out three deep. It wants to go. Further back is Superstorm getting off the fence from Dallas San. A length and a half to Chenia. The field come around the turn at the 600. Alligator Blood just in front of Commodus. Alabama Express three deep. Catalyst four deep. Lane hasn't moved. Soul Patch runs up behind them from Superstorm and then Dallas San and Chenia. Alligator Blood, Maloney with a pocket full of aces, kicks for home about a length and a half, Catalyst, Soul Patch, further back in the field, Superstorm, Dallas San, Alligator Blood lets down at the clock tower at the 200, two leagues in front of Soul Patch, followed by Catalyst, Superstorm, Alligator Blood, 100 metres to go, his big heart pounding, he's clear, he wins, Alligator Blood won it by a length, photo second, Superstorm or Soul Patch. Well, there you go. That was Alligator Blood. And in some ways, that Australian Guineas win launched his career because there's so much that came after it. And Neil Wilson, the, uh, the boss of the VRC, was sitting here with a nice smile on his face thinking that we might have a replica of that uh, amazing Guineas this year. How are you, Neil? Very well, mate. Yeah, was, did you hear the crowd there as well? It, it gives fantastic. you a sense of uh, occasion and carnival, doesn't it? And that's what we're looking forward to today. Indeed. It's just great to uh, be at Flemington for our first of three Group 1 race meetings through March and the kick-off, uh, kick-off of the Flemington Racing Spectacular, three Group 1 race days, and we haven't done that before through March, and uh, we're really looking forward to today. And it's, 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 a, it's a big time of year, but it's not the absolute biggest. We had a, um, some reports come through during the week about the economic impact of the Melbourne Cup Carnival, and it still packs a punch, doesn't it? Uh, Dan, listen to this, Simone. $422.1 million in gross economic benefit to the Victorian economy, which... I guess reinforces the 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 placement of horse racing in the eyes of the community and the placement of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. And as much as this next three weeks is going to be huge, that's still the the, the absolute central pillar. And those those numbers are very encouraging, aren't they? Well, we were really pleased, Matt. Post uh, two years with COVID, where everyone, all the major events had restrictions on them, and to bounce back last year in 2022, it's the biggest annual sporting event in terms of economic contribution. So in Australia, the biggest event. So I think the, the word there is event. We have uh, obviously brilliant racing across the four days and this year with the Champions Day as an addition to the end, I think pulled the number up towards that finish of the week. People stayed longer, people came to that race day um, and I think we've seen the, the results speak for itself that over 10 years there's been $3.6 billion of economic contribution from the Melbourne Cup Carnival. So the numbers are, are fantastic for, for Victoria and I think it says something about the carnival, the event, and I think about horse racing generally, that people have come back and learnt a bit more through COVID. I think about the, the glory of the sport, and it's great to have had that platform to, to see those numbers come through. And one in every two adult males engaged with the week, which is reassuring. Uh, what adult, adult Australians. So adult, adult Australians, Australians, sorry, yeah. not just males. So look. <laughs> um, uh, is it reassuring too, because horse racing has had challenges, unprecedented challenges, and so has Cup Week. had the Melbourne Cup with, with, with reacted with veterinary protocols and cost of living and all sorts of things, welfare issues and so on. But I think what these numbers indicate is despite those challenges, um, racing has, has been able to pre- prevail in a really strong way. And I think 
Well, what we've seen also, we had visitors from over 28 countries to last year's carnival. We had 60,000 out-of-state visitors from international interstate. Most, most states were, were well, uh, well represented here during the week. So it is a global sport, and I think what we've seen is that people have reacted to, to the sport through COVID. They've understood it better, uh, and we're also seeing our membership really, really weigh in on, on, on the sport again and, and their home here at Flemington. And we've just tipped over 31,000 members. We're the largest membership uh, racing organisation in the world, which we're very proud of. So I think we're, we're really starting to see a swing. Uh, we had our biggest uh, Black Caviar Lightning attendance for 10 years, last, last uh, two weeks ago, which was very encouraging. And we're really hoping over the next three weeks that we start to see that momentum continue as people come to the track. A beautiful day and you know, the racing today is superb and, and we're expecting the same over the next two, two Saturdays, next Saturday and then the week after the All-Star Mile. So it's four great uh, race meetings here in Victoria through March and we just can't wait. Neil, on the Melbourne Cup, um, how do you market to a global audience when you've got races like the Japan Cup, you've got the Dubai World Cup, you've got the Kentucky Derby and there are people that want to go to every significant race meeting in the world. What is the marketing ploy to get them to the Melbourne Cup? Um, what's the point of difference coming to Australia? It's a great question, Simone. I think what, what, what we've seen is uh, the, the global sport uh, aspect of racing there's some parallels to things like tennis and and like uh, the grand prix car racing formula one racing where you see that uh, those events going from country to country so we're working closely with uh, ascot goodwood breeders cup hong kong jockey club and other racing jurisdictions to build a, a relationship where we each see each other's festival or carnival and trying to map out that across the year where we're co-investing with uh, ascot uh, breeders cup Hong Kong Jockey Club and Goodwood in, a, in a, the, the world horse racing uh, digital business that we've created together. And that, that platform allows us to share content from our carnival uh, into, into the time period that where, we, where we operate around the year. And what we're seeing is a global audience staying to understand how horses and how the festivals have their, their little nuances depending on where they are. And I think what we've done with uh, the Melbourne Cup Carnival is try and present the wonderful racing uh, during the week and we've seen prize money increase, the quality of the horses continues to be very strong but surrounding that is a whole lot of things that uh, you don't see in other sport fashion for example, part of those numbers those $422.1 million $50 million of that went into fashion and grooming that doesn't happen in other sport so we've got 226,000 fashion items were purchased to come to last year's carnival. It's a dress-up sport. It's and, just and part the, of the appeal. And, and these things are... And they're not necessarily in the members here. We're talking across the course in every capacity. Well, th that's, that's, that's right, Dan. And we've seen... Uh, you can walk around the course today and you'll go down into, into our, our fairground area and into the, into the main front lawn there and there'll be groups of people having a wonderful time dressed in anything that they want, enjoying the day. And you come into the members and there'll be some very formal attire on display. Uh, there's a place for everybody at the course. There is, yeah. But I think the, the point I'm really making is that from an economic point of view, it's a significant part. There are milliners and, and designers that are actually, that's their living, is actually, because racing is a fashion category globally. We do work with Ascot. We do Northern Southern Hemisphere fashion comparisons and fashion trends because they're seeing trends early. We're seeing trends after. And so that year flows through. So it's a, it's, it's a really different aspect. So I think, Simone, that the story of the sport is, is there, but the story of the event. We were Australia's first major event. So it's actually an event on the event calendar as well. So you see us coming uh, 
into, out of football and then into uh, the, the Australian Open and into the Grand Prix. So it's an event as well as part of the racing calendar, of course. And it's in the world's most livable city. So that the hook is, if you come to the VRC Carnival, you're coming to the officially acclaimed world's most livable city as part of it as well. Uh, one thing that hasn't caught on in a... Um, wildcard dress sense at the at Flemington that's caught on at the picnics is when there's a Bucks turn at the picnics, a lot of the Bucks wear their wives' clothes. I was at a trophy presentation once where a bloke had something lightened off the shoulder and an oversized bottle of champers. So, but that's the next challenge is did many you win, women's did you clothing. Win that? Yeah. <laughs> I was having I'm the same happy to lead the charge. <laughs> hey, Neil, um, we're on the cusp of something magnificent. The weather today, um, you must have ordered it in advance. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the beauty of this time of year is the next three or four weeks, we probably get the best and most reliable weather throughout of any time of the year. So it's going to be fantastic. And that's really, to your earlier point, we have the Melbourne Cup Carnival, which we've talked a lot about today. What, we're try- what we are very much doing uh, is thinking about the rest of the year. And the obvious place for us to focus on building is autumn. So this year we have three Group 1 race meetings. That's the first time we've done that. We've split Super Saturday, the New Market and the Australian Cup. We are building in, into this time of the year. You can, you can imagine thinking going forward that All-Star Mile returns back to Flemington at some point. We have four race days across, across March. Think about the infrastructure and the carnival-like feel that we could create in autumn and taking advantage of the weather, taking advantage of the, the pre-football start and really building something um, that will be spectacular. Well, and, you know, Cup Week is four race meetings in a week. Autumn is four race meetings across four weeks when we get the, Austra- uh, the All-Star Mile back. So it's a, it's a different pitch, but it's got this magnificent flow to it as well. Uh, you're looking resplendent, as always. Um, Simone and I are going to swap outfits to, to be in keeping with the picnic theme. I'm going to be wearing that uh, yellow dress, and, and we'll be wandering around all day, and Simone's happy to sign autographs. So there you go. Sounds Thanks, perfect. Neil. Sounds Good on you. Day. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Neil Simone. Wilson, the chairman of the Victoria Racing Club. So, hey, that's it, Simone. Thank you very much. Are you going to hang around? I was going to hang around for Michelle Payne. Hang around for Michelle Payne. Yeah. She's a champion. Um, I do need to get home and... Um Got 12-year-old daughter's birthday today, so... Getting a pony ready for the All right, well, you hang around. Dan, you hang around. We're going to take a break and come back with Race Day Mornings. Liam O'Keefe is going to set the scene for Race Day, and then we're going to wheel out some terrific guests, including the legend herself, Michelle Payne. Sham Rocker on the Australian Guineas and 20 other the home turn in front of Starts Me Up Smoke and Joey. We can say it now, trying for a run down the outside. Here's Anna Cheever under the Eiffel and Engine number 9 are coming. Bull bars down the outside with Mr Shard. Sham Rocker's burst to the lead at the 200 metres. Playing Goddard's getting through and coming home on the inside of her. And down the outside was Bullbars. Shamrocker, the leader with about 50 metres to go. Here's an upset, the filly. Shamrocker. Shamrocker, a length and a half. Bullbars playing God third. Mr. Shard four. They're followed under the Eiffel. And We're broadcasting live from Flemington. Thanks to Victoria Racing Club, the Flemington Racing Spectacular begins today at Flemington for Australian Guineas Day. Come and join us for three spectacular Group 1 race days in March. Find out more at vrc.com.au. The English Premier Yearling Sale starts tomorrow at Oakland's Junction, a catalogue of 816 outstanding lots representing 133 individual sires. You can buy from the sale that's produced 22 individual Group 1 winners since 2018, such as Nature Strip, Ole Kirk and Tuvalu. Catch the RSN live broadcast every day and see the catalogue at english.com.au. To hear all of today's Australian racing, listen to RSN's Carnival One on digital radio in Melbourne on the RSN app and streaming at rsn.net.au.